this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge, and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg, and I look over, and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush, and I touch air. Couldn't breathe, and I couldn't move, because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want more of the show every week on Thursdays, we release a bonus episode to members only to the website. So if you want more of the confessionals and gain access to all the previous episodes that were member shows and all the future member shows, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member today. Now, we got a couple of announcements for you this week. First off, I want to let you guys know we are doing a really, really cool raffle. You see, a friend of mine who runs the company called House Wolf Projects sent me a custom placard that's 20 inches wide of my logo for my office. It's a wooden placard that he makes in his wood shop. And he made a 16-inch one that we want to raffle off to somebody who's really going to appreciate it. And so here is what you have to do in order to be entered into the raffle. You have to be a member to the confessionalspodcast.com and you have to go and follow him on either Instagram or Facebook. Take a screenshot of the fact that you're following him and then send that to me at the confessionalspodcast.com and we will put you in the raffle for this awesome awesome placard. If you want to see what it looks like, go to the Confessionals Instagram. We have pictures of the placard up there right now and you can check it out. It's really high quality stuff and I'm really excited about giving a 16-inch placard to somebody that really is going to enjoy it. Now, I want to let you guys know that last week's member episode called The Sea Squatch, we had a very special custom piece of art made for it where one of our previous artists, Nate, decided that he would like to paint what he 
was hearing on that episode. And he did so. He made a video of his paint project, of the process of what he was doing. And you can go ahead and check that out on Instagram. And he's tagged in it. So go ahead and follow him on Instagram because he comes out with some really, really amazing paintings. And he is an awesome friend of the show. And he absolutely deserves a follow if you enjoy art. And just a quick reminder, we do have Hammer Lane Legends. That's a podcast between me and my dad. And it's a very similar format to the confessionals only we're talking to truckers police officers firemen emts people who drive for a living and have some crazy and wild experiences out in the road they come on hammer lane legends to share those experiences with me and my dad it's a fun show we have 14 episodes out right now so if you want to have more content to listen to coming out of the merkel camp go and check out hammer lane legends it's on any podcast app or you can go to hammerlanelegends.com now let's get to the business we have chris coming on the show this week and chris was convinced to enter into a seance that kind of went sideways and had long-term repercussions for him throughout his life. So let's get to Chris right now. All right, today we got Chris on the show. Chris, how you doing, man? Doing well, Tony. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad you're here. So uh, you have an interesting experience you'd like to share with us. And it's basically you and I think you said a friend or a couple buddies or your brother uh, were, you know, basically talked into getting involved in a seance that kind of had some long term repercussions. So why don't you just walk us into how did this all unfold for you? What were you doing? And uh, why did you even think that it would be a good idea? Right. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll start out with, uh, you know, some of my past, um, leading up to that moment. Um, so when I was very young at a very young age, I did go to Sunday school and I was, that was the only sort of religious spiritual upbringing I had, um, up until probably about age, you know, four, five, six, and then skipping ahead i mean i didn't from that point on i didn't go to church or um any sort of thing like that uh wasn't spiritual at all so skipping ahead to age 13 when this all unfolded when this happened uh so i was 13 and when you're 13 this is the way i believe anyway when you're 13 you're a young man, you're, you know, a young teen, young teens, they're, they're going through a lot. You're, you know, going through all sorts of stuff at that age. And, you know, you, if you don't have any sort of history, you know, being brought up in the church, well, then you might start wondering, you know, about God, you know, about heaven and hell and stuff like that. And of course, at that age is when I first started skateboarding. I started, first started playing guitar, um, hanging out with friends. And then you have, you know, things like you may want to start drinking or, you know, getting involved in anything that could be bad. Um, but at that age, you're sort of reckless, you know, especially if you would just had my mom raising us, you know, at that point. And, uh, she was gone a lot waitressing, you know, during the day and sometimes at night. So we were left home to do as we would, you know, and be careful if we would. And 
if we wanted to be mischievous, we could too. And I had a lot of wild friends at that particular time, um, especially in the skateboarding crowd. Um, just, just being a teenager, you know, wanting to, you know, fit in and have friends and everything else. Well, I had what I thought was some good friends and I believe they were, uh, but there was this one guy who lived somewhat in the neighborhood. He lived in another neighborhood, but close by. And, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but we'll, we'll just say that his name was, uh, you know, the evil one. We'll say that. And then I had a good friend. He was one of my best friends and I'm not going to mention his name either, but we'll just say best friend. Um, and he was at the house pretty much every day. You know, my dog that we had at the house knew him, knew him well. Um, he could pet the dog, you know, the dog liked him and that'll come up later in the story. But, uh, so the evil one, the guy, the other friend, he was much older than us. He was already out of school or maybe failed school. And this was during the eighties, the mid eighties. Um, and you know, you had the punk movement going and stuff and he had a real, his appearance just to paint a picture was, he had a really big mohawk. He had all the piercings, the tattoos, and really just looked wild, you know. But he would brag a lot about, you know, how he, you know, had the Satanic Bible and how he was into all this stuff and tarot cards and stuff and would talk to us about it. And, you know, I would usually just brush it off. Oh, man, that's bunch of mumbo jumbo you know or whatever and of course didn't really interest me that much um but just to also paint a picture as i feel like this was part of my spiritual journey that i feel like i'm on i think we're all on one um at the same time we had some neighbors that lived next door to us so on the opposite side of things they were trying to get us to go to church, to their church. And they were a young couple. Um, they didn't have any children and they were so nice. And right before this happened, they had given me a little cutout of a lamb. It was a piece of paper and it had scripture on it. I think it was John three sixteen, And you know, I saved that thing. And that meant just as much to me as, you know, weighing good and evil. That meant a whole lot to me that they reached out to me. And um, so I had that, you know, I saved the piece of paper for a long time. And it was a cut out of a lamb is what it was with a scripture on it. And they were trying to get us to go to church. And I think that's wonderful. Um but at the same time, I had this guy here and, you know, he was telling us about this. And then one day, just so happens, um, he decided to convince us to have a seance. And I didn't really want to do it with me and my younger brother. He's two years younger than me. Um, of course, he was with, you know, I was keeping an eye on him as well. While my our mother was gone, you know, she was working. And I said, well, you know, I don't know about that. But my my best friend who was there, he kind of wanted to do it. And, of course, the, the evil one, 
we'll call that his name was definitely wanted to do it and so we decided to proceed and do it and uh you know being at that age i was kind of up for anything and just to learn about things in life you know that's something i was curious about um so we decided to do it and we lived in a single wide trailer mobile home and we lived in a, a quite large mobile home park um so we went to me and my brother's room, which was on one end of the trailer. And my mom's room was exactly on the very opposite end of the trailer from that. Um, so we decided to go in the room and we had bunk beds, but we had took the bunk beds apart. So we had two twin beds on either side of the room. Um, one was mine. The other was my brother's. So we decided to set up on my bed and sort of sit in the um, Indian style facing each other. Um, now, the evil one, he is the one that decided, you know, how all this would be done. And uh, I didn't really think anything would happen with it or, or anything like that. Um, but he sat up against the wall. The bed was up against the wall. So he sat up against the wall. I sat beside him to his right. My brother sat directly across from me to the evil ones left and then there was no room for the fourth person which was my friend so we pulled up a chair and he sat in the chair facing the evil one so all that was said is that he was going to call back um a man or young man that had hung himself in the shower and uh i didn't know who he was talking about or anything like that and we're like, okay. And he said, well, you just need to concentrate. And that's really the last thing I remember as far as the what took place before it all happened. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I'll do what he said. I'll concentrate on this. And, you know, it. so what happened to me um, as the story begins, um, so what happened to me is I just remember concentrating. And the only way I can describe it is I, all I, all I can feel, it felt like the largest mountain in the world had fell on top of my head and it got completely dark. And in a way too, it, it felt like, I don't know how long I was out for. Um, I just know that I was out and I, I can't really tell you how long. It doesn't seem to me like it was a long time, but I really didn't have any grasp of time, I guess, in that moment. And I can't even describe how that felt, that feeling. It wasn't as if I got knocked out or I blacked out. It wasn't at, like that at all to me. It was. It really felt like the heaviest mountain in the world was on top of me, completely trapped. And it was dark. Um, so I wasn't scared. I didn't have fear. Um, I just didn't know what had happened to me. And not long after just that initial feeling, I saw a light. And it got brighter and brighter and brighter. Till when it got to its brightest point, I was lifting up my head and opening my eyes. Now, when that happened, 
the first person I saw was directly across from me, which was my brother. And to this day, I've never seen him that fearful in my whole life. Um, he was crying and shaking and just totally eat up with fear. Um, so that I felt very compassionate about towards him. Immediately, I looked to my left after that, and it was the evil one. And his face was not his own face at that point. His, uh, his face actually had contorted into the most evilest smile that you would, could ever imagine. Um, and he was hissing and he was growling and his hands were in the shape of the, uh, you know, the rock and roll horn devil sort of, um, time with your hands, yeah. both in his lap with his palms upward. And he was, you know, mostly hissing, but also growling. And, uh, and the, the, his face, I just cannot describe how how scary that looked at the time. But the oddest thing ever was that I had completely no fear whatsoever. In fact, you know, even to this day, I feel like something was helping me, you know, being an angel, the Lord. I, you know, I don't know. I've asked some preachers about it because. You know, I'm I'm very happy of the experience because, for one thing, it led me down the road that I took, you know, throughout life, and and I always call it my spiritual journey. But, um, you know, I had no fear, and I felt like, of course, I didn't know what to say. You know, I had no spiritual background. I couldn't throw a scripture at them or anything like that. Um, you know, even now, I wouldn't say, you know. Jesus Christ's name, Adam. I mean, I just didn't have no background whatsoever besides Sunday school when I was very young. And just the times that I had went to church with family, you know, when we were invited to go during Easter or Christmas. So I didn't know, but I guess in the purest sense, I felt like, you know, something was helping me. And I knew that I there was no reason to be scared. But I also knew the serious of the situation that was at hand, especially when I looked at my brother. Um, so at that point, I turned to my right to look at my best friend. And at that point, he was foaming at the mouth, shaking. He was red, I guess, just from, you know, um, muscles contracting and whatnot. And he just started shaking so much that he fell out the chair and rolled on the floor underneath the other bed that was next to this bed, you know, and it was up against the other wall. And at that point, the whole bed was just moving, not the bed was not moving by itself. He was making it move by all the craziness that was going on with him. And so, so bad to the point that he actually broke the one by four boards that were holding the box spring on. Um, and the whole bed caved in. If we broke the bed, he broke the bed. Um, so at that point, when that happened, he just tore out of there and he ran straight to the other end of the trailer 
to my mother's room where there was a bathroom. Now he knew the trailer because he had been there before. So he knows the landscape of all the rooms. And he uh, just started washing his mouth out with water in the sink. So immediately I followed him and I started asking him, you know, what's going on, you know? And he just acted like nothing was going on. Like, what are you talking about? There's nothing going on, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, of course I knew that was a complete lie. And it, it seemed like an act to me is what it seemed like to me. And, uh, so there was a blood trail going from that room all through the house to where he was bleeding out his mouth. I don't know if he hit his, what happened, you know, if he bit his tongue or if he hit his mouth on something, I'm not sure, um, to this day, but I left the blood there so that when our mom came home, she can see, cause I knew we had a crazy story to tell, but, um, so that sort of, things sort of subsided at that point if you want to think it did although it to me it never did there was almost like an electricity in the air of the of everything happened just like they say on tv like a spider webby type feel um and i don't know if that's just like the power in the house um so i took my brother aside and uh i don't know what the best friend and the evil one were talking about when we left outside, but I took my brother cause I wanted to console him. And we went outside and everybody else's electricity was on. It just started getting dark, dark enough to where you can see lights inside the house. And, and I took him, we walked out to the street, we walked off the property and I asked him if he was okay. And then we noticed that the lights were out at our place, um, at the trailer, all the power was out except the houses next door. They had power. So I said, Oh boy, you know, we're in for it. I said, well, let's go back inside. I mean, I really didn't know what to do at this point. Um, you know, I was only 13 years old and, and he was 11 and we were by ourselves there with this going on. Um, and then we didn't have cell phones back then. So it wasn't as easy just to call. And, uh, maybe we should have, I don't, I don't know. We didn't though. We went back inside and they both seemed normal. Although I, I really don't think that's the case. Um, but we went back inside and we started talking and they decided we should go back in and do this thing again to close this thing out or whatever. I told my brother, I said, well, let's go back in. Um, I really didn't think that there was any into it personally. I, I thought we were totally in the midst of everything just going on. And it definitely wasn't over. And so as soon as we walked back in the room, the lights came back on. Um, so we never did have a second session. At that point, as soon as that happened, the best friend, he started going into convulsions again. And now, in the sense that the evil one's face contorted, well, that happened with my friend, but not to the same extremes. In other words, you could tell 
it seemed like he was possessed and he was not himself. But his voice was different. His voice, the voice that was just like you see on TV. And his voice was, um, you know, not his own. It was a growling. He was growling. It was a deep voice. It was a guttural voice. It, it was not his own. And to make it worse, my dog was snarling and barking at him. And my dog knew him. But my dog was just going crazy towards him. And he definitely had extra strength. Um, but this is another thing that's really odd is at this point, the evil one seemed to be on my side, on our side. Um, he seemed to be okay. And I, and I still feel like that was just a put on. Um, so it was, it took, he was actually helping me help hold my friend down and the two of us could barely do it. Um, and he was actually smaller than us. The evil one, he was a very tall guy, very, very big guy. And he was, you know, like I say, older than us. And uh, so we both were having a real hard time holding him down. And what he was saying, I mean, he was cursing like crazy. And he was wanting to kill the dog. And back then, they used to have a novelty pin type thing they were made out of steel with a digital clock on them um it was like a new thing that come out anyway we had one of those and and he picked one of those up and was trying to stab the dog he wasn't really bothering us so much he was just trying to to attack the dog and that dog just snapped and you know there was a definite change um, when them lights came back on, you could feel the power in the house, you know, that the the spiritual power is what I equate to a couple other times I felt it in, in my life. Um, but those one, one good and one bad in two other instances, but, uh, you know, kind of the spirit of the Holy Ghost, you know, but the opposite of that, um, you know. Um, but a darker side of that. So I really didn't know what to do. And this sounds corny as it can be, but, uh, you know, without any knowledge of anything to do, I got a glass of water and I prayed over it, got it right out the, the faucet and the sink. And I got a clean, clear glass and I put water in it and I prayed over it and, um, I blessed the water. I, because I don't remember exactly what I said, but I did the cross that you see the Catholics do, one on each shoulder, you know, your forehead and your chest, and I poured it on. And when I did that, everything seemed to stop. Now, I really didn't believe that, but I sent them home, and all my brother could do throughout this whole thing is cry and I mean, just total fear. He won't even talk about it to this day. He don't like to bring it up. He don't want to watch any ghost adventure movies, you know, or anything like that. Um, you know, the show, he's not interested. And that's a good thing, I guess. Um, but, you know, to me, it's some of that stuff still interests me because I, I'm, I'm looking for answers. Um, I want to learn. But at the same time, I want to have discernment over these things and I certainly wouldn't do anything like that again. Um, 
but we I sent them home and I knew my mom was coming back home and I showed her, you know, the blood and I'm sure after a long day at work, she, she didn't know what to think, you know, um, she believed us. Um, so the next day we had school and the next day I got out and there was a patch of woods back there. Um, and there was some trails and stuff where we rode bikes and whatnot. And then when you're that age, you know, you want to go out in the woods and play. That's, that's kind of what you do. So some told me to go out there and I went out there and I still had this feeling of protection in me, although it had subsided a great deal, you know, I wasn't in the moment per se, but, uh, I decided to go out in these woods and who do I see out there? I see the evil one and my best friend and they're just sitting there smiling and looking and they don't say a word. And so I, I confront them and, um, I tell them, you know, I'm not scared of you. I know what you are. Um, and things like that. I can't remember everything I said to them. They never said a word, but they had the most evilest look on their face. And just trying to scare you, I guess. Um, I ended up leaving. And then a short time after that, I was riding my skateboard back on some roads back where we live. And there's a really old church with a really old graveyard. And they were in that graveyard walking around, just the two of them, um, with with the smiles on their faces and not saying a word. And they had no idea I would be there, you know, riding by on my skateboard. And um, so kind of kind of another interesting fact to this whole thing, shortly thereafter, we ended up moving and moving to another state. This all happened in Savannah, Georgia. Um, we ended up moving to South Carolina near my aunt, with my aunt, actually. And uh, it just was getting us out of a bad situation, out of a bad area. We were starting to get in trouble a good bit, um, my brother especially. And uh, just give us a second chance, you know. Um, so I'm glad we did that. Um, but oddly enough, we actually had that trailer move to South Carolina and put up on a piece of property. And years later, one of my mom's boyfriends actually burnt that trailer down. Although it didn't burn all the way, you know, the, the fire department came and put it out. But to make it even more interesting, my uncle who uh, owned a construction company, he actually took that trailer to another piece of property and buried it. And somebody has now built a place on top of it. I don't even know if they know that or not. Um, I don't necessarily associate the trailer to have any dark energy or anything, but uh, just an interesting fact, I think. Um, and that kind of is the whole story there in a, in a nutshell there. But I don't, there was one other time where I had went because my grandmother lived in that same neighborhood. So even though we moved, I still had family that lived there, my grandmother. And one time I had went back to see my grandmother years later 
And I actually seen my friend and he was a good friend of mine. We were never friends after that point. Um, which is crazy. Um, but I actually ran into him. I was, by then I was driving and I had a pickup truck and I passed him on the road and he was still riding a bicycle and I could just tell, I said hello to him and I can just tell that something wasn't right with him. You know, like there was still something going on now, whether that was him or that was something inside him. I, you know, I'll never know. Um, but it, but I still believe the evil one. I still believe he's, um, just as dangerous today as he was then, unless hopefully, you know, things changed for him or he changed his ways. I don't know, but I had remembered also talking to a friend, you know, after, you know, the internet came and you had Facebook and whatnot. And they said, yeah, I'm friends with him on Facebook. His, his, uh, nickname on there was snake charmer or something. And they had heard that maybe he had went to some institution, you know, like a, a mental type thing. Um, but I do know as of recently, he had actually moved just kind of doing some snooping. I know that he had moved closer to where I live. And although I definitely have no interest in ever talking to him or seeing him again, it's just kind of the saga of the whole thing. You know, I just, I've asked a couple preachers, you know, about it. And it wasn't long after that I got involved in a church when we moved um, the next state over. When we moved, um, I actually did get involved with a Baptist church, and I got saved and baptized um, at age 15. It wasn't long after that, and, you know, certainly started my spiritual journey on a much better note. (laughs) But uh, it's just, uh, that's, that's pretty much... And I know, I don't know whatever happened with my best friend. I think he started his own business, and I'm wanting to say he did. You know, he was doing doing well in that respect. But you know, I don't ever know what happened past that point. That's that's just sort of my first instance there. That's that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there is. Uh a whole lot of possession and stuff going on there. Is that what you identify it as? I do. I definitely identify it as that. And, and the, the thing that, that has always interested me is what actually happened to me. You know, um, as far as my brother, I, I don't think he had any sort of possession. I do, I do feel like, you know, something happened to him, a, a great depression or, you know, it, uh, he could def- definitely the darkness there. Um, I sort of, I feel like I, I had, you know, help from an angel or, or something of that respect. And I've talked to, you know, some preachers about it and, um, you know, it's just not talked about in church nowadays. And I think it should, it's mentioned in the Bible. I got interested in deliverance after that. I bought a book just cause it interests me. I'm cause I got the thinking, you know, why is that? not mentioned as much today you see it in the movies you know but um i think it's starting to come around a little bit more but for me it's true and for me it happened and i that was my first you know why do you believe in god and i tell him because i definitely believe in evil um 
so I kind of went at it from a backwards way, but, uh, you know, so in that respect, um, that's just, that's just the way it happened with me. Now I did talk to a preacher one time, um, it was at African American church and he said, well, come see me. And I went and seen him that night. And it, I think it was on a Thursday night church service. And, uh, I went and seen him and something really powerful happened there to me. Um, you know, he talked to me about it and I told him the whole story, just like I just told you. And, um, he said, well, what I want to do is I want to pray for you and we'll get out in the church and pray. I said, okay. So all of the elders and all of the church ladies in there it was mostly ladies. Um, they, and it was a church of God. So really I had never been to a church like that and they all started praying. And what I noticed was, and they were running around the room and walking around the room and all praying for me. And, um, now, I don't know if I needed praying for, but they did that, and I was certainly accepting of it, and it was an awesome experience because it's the—I'm not going to say it's the only time, but I'm going to say it's definitely the standout time where I felt like the Holy Ghost was there. And what I remember feeling, it was a great thing, but what I really remember feeling was the same electrical just powerful feeling that was in the air. Um, just like when the seance thing happened, that same sort of power, but it, but to me, I could tell you had, you know, that was the light and then you had the dark, um, just something I learned through it all. Um, and there was one other interesting thing that happened to me. I had a heart surgery, um, when I was, six years old, um, closed heart surgery. Um, and then later on in life, they said, well, you probably have to have something else, you know, about the time you turn 18. And I'm, I can't remember. It's been a good many years now, but I had an actual Gore-Tex stent put in me, um, to fix some other issues that I had. And my mom, she worked at a grocery store and, the produce guy there, I don't remember his name. She had told him about me, you know, in the hospital and everything. And his whole church started praying and for me, although I didn't know that. And then when I got out and everything went through just fine, um, I seen him up there at the store and he said, my mom had told me that he, they were praying for me. So when I saw him, I thanked him. I said, thank you. You know, my mom, said y'all were praying and and uh all he did was look at me and he said well i'm glad you're doing well he said the most important thing to do now is do the right thing and that's all he said to me not with a smile or anything and that's the only other time i felt like maybe an angel had visited to me you know visited me um was during that particular time uh anyway because he just didn't seem his cell he didn't seem normal you know and i said well that's kind of a an odd thing to say i didn't know i was really doing anything wrong although i sin and know we all do but 
I wasn't sure why he said that, so I just thought that was an interesting experience. I said, well, you know, I'm definitely going to listen to what he said. I'm going to try to do the right thing. Yeah, you know, when you first emailed me, uh, you emailed a couple of other experiences you had as well. And one of them is a beast head apparition that you saw. What happened there? You know, it, it so seems I never had any sort of spiritual you know, paranormal things happened to me until after, you know, age 13 when all this happened. And these are the things that I've had happen after the fact, you know. And um, I, it was shortly after I was split up with my first wife and I went to stay at a friend of mine's house, um, thankfully. And uh, I was staying with him and he worked a, a third shift job. And I did, and I worked a first shift job, so I was home when he wasn't, or I was asleep when um, I was gone when he was sleeping. You know, we had the the different schedules there. So one night, and then there's really not a whole lot to this story. Interesting uh, enough is, you know, I was just sitting in the chair, and and now I don't think there's any sort of history to his place. Um, he doesn't live there no more but I was sitting in the chair and uh, I just felt like something was looking at me. I was watching TV and kind of out my peripheral vision. I, I felt like I just had the feeling somebody was watching me or something was watching me. Um, so I turned and looked and right. I don't, it's kind of odd to say this. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but a lot of times when he came home, and I might still be up because I would be, you know, a late night owl. You know, I'm not, not much of a morning person, but I like, I like my nighttime hours. And uh, the first thing he would do would put his hands in the doorway to the living room and kind of put his hands up on the, uh, you know, the inside of the door up high. And just kind of stand there and say, how's it going, you know? And that's exactly where this. So I was kind of used to him doing that in that particular spot. But this night, of course, it, he wasn't there. And I felt like something was looking at me from that same exact spot. So when I turned and looked, it was the size of a, this, this is odd, but it was the size of a buffalo head um, that big. And it was just the head. And maybe part of the neck and shoulders, um, but mostly the head. And it was the color of a buffalo head. And I don't remember, I'm wanting to say that the eyes were just black. And he had teeth, you know, teeth, not a long snout. Like, like I don't know much about the dog, man, or anything. I'm kind of just learning about, like, he, just hearing about all that, really. But, um, it was more, I equate it more with a buff and it didn't have horns, very furry, um, and teeth, you know, a very beast looking creature. But the only difference was, is that it was more of an apparition in the fact that everything around it, the outline of it was like a shadowy type of, 
a mist and even even the it even had a tail of it almost like a comet you know has a tail and it's just as soon as i seen this thing it turned and shot so fast away that you can see the trail like a tail of it you can see it trail away um if that makes any sense and yeah i don't to this day i have no reason why i saw it or or anything like that i mean it's just just one of the things that interesting I, you know to me that i that i've seen and i know what i've seen um another another strange thing that happened to me um was i had a cousin who was nine that passed away he had a brain aneurysm and um i played guitar and i used to play the song stairway to heaven a lot i, I guess i was just learning the song at that particular time and and he would be you know, around us. And, uh, I never knew he liked hearing me play it. And his dad told me, yes, you know, he loved when you played that song. And I said, well, I never knew that, you know, it was just me playing, you know? And when he did pass, um, his dad was a police officer and as usual, you know, at the funeral, the whole police department, which was quite large, came, it was a very huge funeral, you know, with a lot of attendees there. And he wanted me to play that song at the funeral. And uh, so we had went to the setting up, which, you know, the viewing um, the night before the funeral. And um, that's when I was supposed to practice the song with another lady who was going to sing it. And, uh, she didn't really know the song. She was more of a trained, um, I guess, vocalist, but she didn't know the song as it goes. So it was, it was more nerve wracking having, it was, it was nerve wracking enough to play it in front of everybody at a funeral. It was even more nerve wracking to, to try to learn it with another person yeah. who doesn't know the song. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did it. And it, it turned out good. But that night when we went to the setting up and when we come back home and now that was an hour and a half drive for us at that point. So when we come back home, it was quite late. And, uh, I was just sitting in the, in my room by myself in front of my stereo, my, my boom box. And, um, I was listening to, I remember what I was listening to. Um, I'm not a big kiss fan, but I, I actually had to, a kiss cd in there and i was listening to it and i was just sitting in front of it listening i wasn't playing guitar i was just sitting listening and then all of a sudden and this scared me more than the incident when i was 13 years old this scared me more than than anything and i feel like it probably shouldn't have but it did um so i was just sitting there and i was probably two or three feet from the window there's a window right there and my radio is right in front and then I'm sitting there very clear, very distinct. I heard, I heard something say, come here. And this is with the music playing. Although this, I was not hearing this with my ears. I was almost hearing this sort of inside, but also with my ears or something like that. And, um, I've never experienced nothing like that. And it said it again, come here. Um, and that really got me you know, spooked and it said it one more time, come here. 
and it spooked me so bad. I immediately went out back, um, which the back door wasn't far. And this is in the same trailer that all that stuff happened. Uh, although we moved to a different state and we moved the trailer. It's in the same room that all this happened in that, uh, I went outside because I was so convinced somebody was just outside the window, you know, speaking. And it said it three times, come here. And um, I don't know who it was up with that, but uh, that scared me so bad that I did not sleep in that room for a, a good while after that. I went and slept with my mom like a little baby that night. Um, and that was that was one of the more scariest things that ever happened you know yeah i mean when you hear disembodied voices like that uh, it definitely can be something that's uh, nerve-wracking and you know I've, i don't think i've ever at least i don't recall ever hearing an actual disembodied voice around me but i mean it, it's got to make you feel almost like am i going crazy or am i actually hearing this right right um so i, I did want to talk about um another experience um, that I failed to mention, you know, in my first in, uh, email to you, um, things sometimes stra- happen in synchronicities, you know, to me, whether good or bad, um, you, especially when, when good, you know, if you find yourself in prayer or studying something, you know, things will happen in synchronicity to almost speak to you, you know, in a good way. Um, but, and I think this may be a good thing as well, um, because the the culmination of it was my son being born. Um, so this happened in 2014, and um, my my wife was pregnant, and you know it wasn't long. My son could be born any minute. Um, I had been listening to some. Um, some podcast is listening to some some dark stories and stuff like I'm telling now you know I was listening to a lot of that and throughout the day and I think a little bit during the night and I went to sleep um I had work the next day um so I worked for a communications company and uh you know to have a bucket truck and everything like that so I knew bad weather was coming um I didn't know how no idea how bad it was going to be, but I went to sleep that night and not all my life, but you know, for a good while there, I would have a, a the same re- reoccurring dream. And it was always an old house. It was always just pure evil feeling the house itself and what was in it. And I always did not want to go inside of it. This is in my dream. I always would find myself going inside of it. And every time there was three shadow beings, they had on um, what I would call robes, but you couldn't see any defining features of these three shadow beings. And they were dark. You know, they were, they were black. And never in any of my dreams prior to this, and I, maybe once a year, I would have this same dream. And every time, by the time I would see these shadow beings in the house, but right before there would be any confrontation with them, 
I would always wake up. And historically, that's always been my worst nightmares that I've ever had. Um, they were always real bad. I always woke up in deep sweat, you know, very scared. Um, and I don't know why I had them, but I did. And they were always the same. So the night, that night before my son was born, I had this dream. The only difference was, is this time, as I was looking at the three shadow beings, um, caught me by surprise in my dream and right behind me and was a white, a bright white, wasn't bright white, but it was, it was white. Um, then I would say they were mist like, you know, the shadow ones and, and also the white was right behind me. And when I turned around and I looked this thing and what would be its face, although it didn't have a face, um, that is when I woke up, but it was more of a confrontation this time with this thing. And that is when I woke up. Um, and it by far was one of the most scariest dreams I've ever had. It was absolutely terrifying. And I don't know what to tell you was scary about it, except for that. I could tell it was absolutely pure evil. And, and I, and I felt like I looked at it face to face and, you know, I don't know what that means, but what had what had happened was when I woke up, I had a horrible nosebleed and there was blood all over the pillow, and it was just really odd. Um, so I get I get cleaned up and I get ready for work and I'm off to work extra early because this so happens that that day we had one of the worst ice storms, in you know just a record breaking ice storm, just a a crazy storm happened. So I left a little early to go to work because I knew I had to drive a whole lot slower, you know, with the roads iced up. And I got about 10, 15 minutes down the road and my wife called and she said her water broke. Um, so then that set in motion, of course, going to the hospital. My son was born and everything was just fine. Um, we also, during that time, we had a tree fall on our power line, which uh, ripped it off the house and we had to have that repaired. So we couldn't even go back to the house, you know, after my, we were released from the hospital. Um, so I just, I wanted to tell that story because just the synchronicities of it all. It, and I haven't had that dream since I've had some similar ones, but I haven't had that dream since. Um, so I don't know what's up with that, but, um, I feel like a lot of these things is part of, every one of our, you know, kind of spiritual journeys that we have. Um, maybe if you're not looking for these things, then nothing ever happens. But maybe if you, you know, you're not necessarily doubting God or the Bible, but you're, you know, you're looking for answers or you have your mind open or your eyes open for things that maybe sometimes things, you know, do happen and you have to catalog that in your mind and then take what you learn in present day time and, you know, see if you can try to figure it out. You know, I don't know. That's what I do. But, um, the interesting thing that I think about having this, um, interview with you is, um, 
about a week ago is when I sent you another email to tell you about that story with my son being born and all. And after that point, I felt like I've been under attack. I feel like uh, if there's dark forces at play, they did not want me to come and tell the story. Because I felt I have been feeling strange, um, like I've been under attack spiritually. Um, shortly after I sent the email, I got to thinking, I don't know why, how I might explain this in an interview. I'm not the best talker by any means. Uh, so, um, I was thinking, well, how can I explain those shadow beings? Um, you know, were they in robes, you know, and, uh, I had heard recently somebody talk about a cloak and I never really knew what a cloak was. I looked it up and of course it's, I guess, like a robe. And then I said, well, let me look up what cloaks symbolize. Maybe that has something to do with the dream. So I started looking up that, not that I believe what the internet says that meaning is supposed to be. I think white is for protection or something. I don't know. There's different meanings for different color cloaks according to the internet. Um, I don't believe any of that. Um, uh, but the strangest thing happened to me is I was listening to my Pandora music and every now and then I'll put it on some, um, rock music, you know, and I mostly listen to bluegrass. Um, but there was a band on there called symphony X. I think that's the name of them. Symphony X. Um, anyway, they had a song on called Fallen, but on Pandora, they always show a picture of the album work, um, next to it, you know? And as soon as I saw it, um, I was like, well, my gosh, that's just like my dream. And the album is called five, you know, the Roman numeral V. Um, so I looked it up on the internet. I was like, I couldn't believe it. And on the album, there's a, uh, a black cloaked figure, although they have a face in, in this one, looking into a mirror. And on the other in the mirror is a white cloaked figure, and they're touching fingers. Um, so I just thought that was just some of those things had been kind of weighing down on me, just seeing that, you know, and. I don't know, kind of an kind of an oppression, you know, leading up to this interview that I feel like maybe was trying to keep me from doing this interview, maybe keep keep change my mind, you know, from doing it. And um, anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you as well. Yeah, there's weird synchronicities that happen when people come on my show. Uh, you're not the first person to uh, mention something like that. And whether you know it's trying to prevent you or something's trying to prevent you or not, I don't know. But there's just odd things that seem to happen to people leading up to the show. That's just you know makes your head scratch your head. Now it's not like you know people are saying, "Listen, before we did this interview." I almost died 10 times. So, you know, it's not like that, but it's just uh, odd things that people just kind of look at and they're like, huh, that's some odd timing knowing that, you know, they're going to come on the show. Uh, why don't you talk to me about your UFO experience you had? Okay. That, that to me is um, a much lighter subject. <laughs> um, 
so there's really not a lot to this. I mean, it's sort of like the uh, the Beastead apparition. Um, it's something that just sort of happened. Wasn't expecting it or anything like that. Um, so this was right outside the same this that same trailer um, where we had moved. You know, next next the next state over, and uh, we were just all standing out there. Some me and our friends, you know, our buddies, we were just all standing out there shooting the breeze and. I just so happened to be looking up in the sky at stars and I always do that. I love looking at stars and, um, I definitely, you know, research the UFOs and, you know, phenomenon stuff like that. I'm very interested in that. Um, everything that's on your show that, that y'all talk about, um, I'm interested in, um, it's just interesting. So, but anyway, we were standing out there and I just happened to look up and, um, I saw a cluster of stars or what I thought was stars. Um, they look to be the same distance away as a star would be. Um, but as I learned is they weren't, um, I don't know if that's just a, a trick or eyes play or, or what the case is. But, uh, all of a sudden I seen one star shoot over to another star. They weren't stars at all. um, and it would shoot over really fast too. And then another star would shoot over to another star. And it was almost like there, there was a, um, kind of like a battle in the sky. It, one would shoot over to the other one and it would disappear or it would split in two and then it would shoot net. And they just had this little formation that they did, which really was a random formation. It wasn't anything of a pattern. And to me, it looked like a battle was taking place. Um, although it seemed like it was stars, but it obviously wasn't stars. And I just kind of equated that to UFOs, you know, because I'd never seen a star move, at least not fast. <laughs> so um, they they weren't shooting stars. Um, and I've just never seen anything like that ever before. And the people that were with me, I immediately told them, y'all won't believe what I'm looking at. And, but it happened so fast that by the time they would have looked, you know, I didn't say right away, Hey, y'all look, look, look. It wasn't like that. I just stared at it for a moment, almost in, you know, like I couldn't believe what was going on. Um, and I guess I didn't at first. And, and by the time I had said something, of course it had stopped and no one believed me, but that's what I saw. So I don't know if I was seeing anything or not, but, um, to this day, I mean, that's my one and only UFO story that I have. Yeah. I mean, with UFOs and stuff, I mean, they can be so, uh, <laughs> pardon the pun, but unidentifiable, right? So <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like people see things in the sky and they've been doing, they've been seeing things in the sky for thousands of years. And, uh, you know, throughout every culture, they had different ways of describing what they were seeing. And, uh, you know, with us, we have, you know, our vernacular of how we describe things, but in all actuality, when you're looking at something in the sky, that you know is unidentifiable you don't know what it is other than to call it a ufo but these things that you saw i mean it sounds like they had some kind of intelligence behind it It didn't seem like it was a random happening at least the way you described it to me right no i mean i've 
I've never seen um, anything like that. And um, to me, well, part of my belief, maybe I'm, because of my beliefs, I saw what what would indicate my beliefs. I don't know, but um, I do think you know the UFOs or the Nephilim um, in space and underwater. And uh, you know, my perspective on that may change, but um, and I do think that there are you know battles with maybe angels um and them and we're just seeing what we think is you know a mechanical vehicle you know a ufo or or whatever and i'm not saying there can't be a mechanical vehicle either but um you know maybe it's just you know also a biological vehicle (laughs) but but yeah, that's what I saw. That's my only story on on the UFOs. I wish there was more, of course. Now, sometimes, I mean, always if the stars are out, I'll I got my eyes out for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, before we get out of here, I do want to kind of pick your brain just a little bit on what you just said because uh, I'm assuming if you believe that they're uh, nephilim, then how well how'd that happen in, in your mind? I don't want to put words in your mouth. How, how did that happen? Um, just from the history that you read in the Bible, um, you know, with the flood, I know the flood happened to take them out, but um, it didn't take all of them out. I mean, that's just a lot of the research that I've that I've done. I feel like, uh, you know, even the Bigfoot. I don't know you know, if I want to classify Bigfoot as a Nephilim or not, um, I kind of do, I kind of don't. Um, but just because for me, it's because of the angel aspect and the supernatural things that I seen when I was 13. I mean, with his face changing the way it did and the power, you know, coming on and off and the spiritual power that was in that room, um, you know, it, anything's possible and why not? I mean, why not believe the most extreme things like that? I mean, certainly, you know, if you believe the story of the fallen angels and the giants, you know, they're not like us, you know, and they definitely have special powers. Um, you know, I, and the cryptids and stuff like that. You know, I don't know, you know, different mutations of the Nephilim, um, things like that. It's, it's something I'm very interested in still, you know, got my eye on. It's, um, it's definitely one aspect and then that I believe. Um, it's just a hunch, basically. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is basically that you believe that somehow, some way, because we know they survived the flood, that somehow they f- survived it by going off Earth. Exactly. I mean, I you hear you. stories about them going underground. Um, you know, they were so far underground, you can neither see the top nor the bottom. They they went down. Um, you know, we've only we don't we hardly research the ocean the earth is covered in ocean i mean you have the mermaids i mean they could definitely be below and you hear stories about the ufos being underwater or close to the water 
um, Bermuda Triangle, you know, things like that. I mean, there's just, you just got to think in terms of this earth is gigantic. And uh, if you have angels, good and bad, you have the supernatural involved. Um, and just the sheer biological nature of what's on earth, you know, um, there's just so many things that's amazing that God has created. Um, and if you can believe in that, if you can believe God has made, you know, one of the redwood trees that are just enormous and huge. I mean, anybody's in awe when they see this stuff. Um, then if you flip the token over and you, you know, if Satan and, you know, the evil powers actually rule this earth, like it said, you know, certainly there's, there's, um, amazing things on that side too amazing powerful things and you know you look at an alligator that that thing don't look normal you know it's it looks like a dinosaur from way back and it's it's been here for years you know so it's hard to say you know but i also feel like you know that the nephilim are coming back and i feel like they do try to corrupt you know God's people recede and I have a lot of theories on all that and it's it's mainly provoked by what I watch on TV and what I read and then my past experiences too, you know. Um right. I just know that there's powerful things out there and I don't want to be naive um you know, going through this world and and shrug things off, you know. I want to keep an open I the one thing I do try to do is keep an open mind on all these topics, you know? Um, yeah, that's the best thing to do. I mean, uh, if you're not going to keep an open mind about these topics, then uh, it, it's hard to navigate the waters. Uh, be- and I, I say that because when I first started doing all this stuff and really looking into things, I really tried to have an open mind. And because I really focused on it, I wasn't perfect at it, but because I was actively trying to have an open mind on things, it allowed me to connect dots down the road that I wouldn't have been able to connect if I didn't give some accounts and stories uh, their due time and weight on, uh, you know, my thoughts. And so, you know, it's one of those things where keeping an open mind pays dividends down the road if not immediately right and and i'm not one of those either that you know makes my mind up and you know that's that you know i believe that you know i could be wrong you know and things may change depending on but also i want to uh i think it's very important to i mean obviously i'm a christian and i want to stick to you know what the bible says i want to I want to lean on that rock um, and have discernment because there's a lot of trickery out there in the evil sectors of all this. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, slip up, you know, and go down the wrong path. So it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of due diligence to, to try to do that all while being open and, and wanting to learn, you know, so. Yeah. And, you know, on our way out of here, I would just encourage you to uh, remain open. Don't be fearful of the idea of being open to 
understanding things from a different point of view. Uh, and if, you know, cause there's a lot of people out there that struggle with the idea of, well, if I, if I keep an open mind and I, I look into things, uh, you know, what if it challenges me to a point where I quote unquote lose my faith? I think the whole process of life is to be challenged. And I think that, you know, whatever your faith is, whether, you know, it's God that, you know, it's just like, I, I think God would want you to challenge your faith because then, you know, at the end of the day, it's true and it's not just cupcake stuff. And so the idea of, you know, pursuing uh, knowledge through an open mind and looking into things, whether, because you don't have to believe in something in order to look into something. And I think a lot of times people confuse that where they feel like, well, if I look into this, that means that, I, you know, I'm, I'm considering believing it. No, it's not the case at all. You can look into things to explore what other thoughts and ideologies are for your own knowledge without actually buying into it. And so I just think that people, you know, sometimes maybe they need to relax a little bit and just pursue life with an open mind and see where things go and uh, enjoy the process and, and, you know, always come back to the foundations of what whatever your faith and belief are. Uh, not everybody, you know, is Christian, everybody is whatever. So, you know, whatever your thoughts and beliefs are and stuff, I mean, just pursue life for knowledge and see where things go. And, uh, you know, you got to just trust that, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to come back to your roots, you know? Right. Oh, yes. Well said. I definitely believe that, too. And, uh, you know, um, it's just a journey. It's a spiritual journey. And um, I learned one as you go live your life. Yeah. Yeah. Life's a journey, man. Life is a journey. And uh, it's a shame that a lot of people don't explore it and they don't enjoy it. You know, just just have some fun, relax, and enjoy it. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. I don't care where you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. And just a reminder, you can go ahead and check out Hammer Lane Legends, which is a podcast between me and my dad. And if you want to be in that raffle, go ahead and become a member and follow House Wolf Projects on Instagram or Facebook. Shoot me an email with a screenshot of your follow and you'll be put into the raffle for this awesome placard. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Baby, can't you see I'm calling A guy like you Should wear warning It's dangerous I'm falling There's no escape, I can't wait to need a hit, baby give me it, you're dangerous, I'm loving it.
Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to Hammer Lane Legends. I am your host. Oh, that's not it. This is the confessionals. <laughs> 